0: Your style is unorthodox, but effective. It is not the art, but the combat that you enjoy. Man, you come right out of a comic book. You are now now listening listening to Black Black Comics Chat. Black, Black, Black Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat.
1: Black Chat.
0: Black Comics Chat. We
1: are live on Black Comics Chat.
2: Black Comics chat. Comics
0: Chat. Shannon, CG, Lauren, and Mel form the Nerds of Prey. A group of ladies bonded by comics, gaming, film, television, and fandom culture. Hang out with them bi-weekly as they dig into the very things that make them loud and proud nerds. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Also, check out their Patreon at patreon.com backslash Hi, this is Anthony Rutgazer. I'm the writer of The First Hero in Heroes of Homeroom C, and you are listening to Black Comics Chat. What is up, party people? It's been a little too long. This is Marcus Kwame, and we are back with Black Comics Chat. You know, we've been on a hiatus for a bit, taking care of business. But um, we are back with a special, fresh episode. My man, Tony Snark, holding it down to New York Comic Con. <laughs>
1: One, two, one, two, what's up? This is Anthony Otero, a.k.a. Latin Negro, live at New York Comic Con. I am at uh, Artist Alley um, with the creators of Bitter Root. David Walker, Sanford Green. Uh, we're just gonna chop it up a bit. Um, we're in the middle of them actually selling shirts and, and prints, so um, I'm just gonna begin with the questions. How are you today, man, a busy day? It's a busy day, and I've been, um,
2: this is actually my fourth convention in five weeks, so I'm a little wiped out. Wow,
1: wow. So um, talk, let's talk a little bit about Bitterroot. Okay. Um, what's the concept, how did, how did this all get started? Well, Bitterroot started with
2: uh, with Chuck and Sanford. Uh, Chuck and I are writing it together. Sanford, yeah, here. A artist. Okay. Um, Sorry. Bitterroot is basically about uh, it's about a family, the Yes. It takes place in 1924, and for lack of a better term, they're monster hunters. It takes place during the backdrop of the uh, the Harlem Renaissance, and um, the monsters that they are hunting are people whose souls have been infected by racism and hate and homophobia and sexism, all the things that make America great. And so the premise is that America America was built, and it really was. If you check your history, you will see that America was built on things like racism and oppression. Uh, What we have done is we've turned that into a metaphor, a metaphorical monster. And this is about a family. Half of the family is trying to cure that disease, and the other half of the family is just trying to kill that disease. And uh, and then that raises a whole lot of questions about what is our responsibility as Black folks in America? Um, We are victims of the disease. Are we doctors? Are we supposed to cure those that oppress us, or do we crush those that oppress us? And then if we crush those that oppress us, what does that make us? Right. Right. So read Bitterroot and
0: find out. Wow. 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 (laughs) Yeah. What he said. That's. (laughs) Can't add any more to it. (laughs) Honestly, it's kind of well. I guess I can say this, we, we kind of, in a weird way, he, he's, he's put out there what they're fighting, what they're really fighting, but we wanted the readers to kind of come to that conclusion of what, what this monster really is. Um, so that's the part that, we, he didn't go too far into details, which is great, but you'll find out what exactly it is, because yes, it's um, this, this disease, but it's something even more specific than that. Um, and you, as a reader, you will begin to, uh, as you go through their story of the, the Sangreé, you'll you'll see what, what they're really dealing with. And of course, I think he mentioned a little bit about the family. They have two different philosophies. You know, it's almost kind of like the Malcolm X Martin kind of kind of philosophy behind what to do with this uh, these monsters. And, of course, that, that,
2: that duality within the family is is also reflective to a certain extent the duality within black America of how we deal with things. I mean, we're, we are not, as a people, we're not a monolithic block that thinks the same and acts the same, and neither is a family. And so we, we touch upon a lot of those issues in the book.
1: Awesome. So I noticed that Image Comics is, you know... Is is the person the the people who have run in this book? How does it work? How does it like to work with Image Comics? When you've I've seen you've worked with other companies.
2: Well, when you're working with Image, it's it's you. They they publish the book, they put it out, but you create the book. You 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 work with them to set a schedule, but um, you know we 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 hired our own editor, which is Heather Heather Antos. and 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 it's a lot of it's about you learning how to be your own boss. When you're working at Marvel, your editor tells you the schedule. You deliver everything to the editor, and 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 there's um, there's more of a chain of command. Whereas on an image book, we are the chain of command. So it's it's a lot of uh, it, it's like when when you're a, when you're working at Marvel or DC companies like that. They're, they're your parents or your babysitter. Uh-huh. When you're at Image, this is the first time mom and dad have left you alone <laughs> for the night, you know what right, I'm saying? Right, right. And, and, and it's like, all that comes with that sort of baggage. So, um, you know, there's some growing pains and there's some learning how to communicate in ways that you wouldn't necessarily communicate if you were at Marvel or DC, but um, it's also about learning how to, how to handle your own business.
1: Wow. Um, did you find that uh, that work style better Um, or sometimes I I would say different different okay okay Um,
2: Okay. uh, there's there's aspects that are better there's aspects that are worse so therefore when you add better and worse together (laughs) and try to come up with a single adjective different
1: Uh is the best Awesome. So is this um, an ongoing series? Is it a limited run? What, what are we looking at in terms of the future of Bitterroot?
2: The plan is for an ongoing series. Uh, this industry in and of itself um, can be very fickle, and so a lot of it depends on how it's how well it's received commercially as well as critically. Um, but we, we're planning to do an ongoing series. At the same time, you know, uh, the best laid plans of Mice and Men, right? Yeah. So, um we're we're working to deliver the best book we possibly can, and um, and and you know right now we've got uh, a certain number in the can. You know, there's definitely a commitment by the entire team and and Image for five solid issues. So I know for a fact there's going to be five issues. I can also tell you that Chuck and I have. Approximately fifteen to twenty issues blocked out. So we'll, we'll see. You know, in an ideal world, there—I would like to see a minimum of fifteen issues in order to tell the story that I see in my head right now. There, that's twenty issues. So I would like somewhere between fifteen to twenty.
1: That's 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 amazing. Um, so you're here all weekend.
0: Yep.
2: Okay, okay. Uh, I'm here. My feet are already. It's already. It's Thursday, but my feet are telling me it's Sunday. Oh my
1: god!
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was Friday. I was like, okay, I guess I got Saturday. Oh no, I don't have Saturday. I got Friday coming up that I have to uh, account for. But yeah, we're. This already feels like Friday. The a, the, the average so. comic book convention, a single
2: day is equal to two days, but. New York Comic Con, a single day is equal to three. And San Diego, a single day is equal to four.
0: So we've already been here three days. That's why I sit as much as I can because this area is just, uh, it can be insane. Right now it's pretty moderate, but it was pretty insane earlier. And, um, you know, before you know it, you're standing up for, you know, three hours straight, four hours. um, And, you know, that can be a little... um, taxing on your, your body, especially yeah. once you hit the 40-plus. You, you have to deal with the, yeah. the knees. 40-plus? I'm 50. <laughs> I'm 50, suckle. So. In, 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 in a plus size? 50-plus. <laughs> but, yeah, 50,
2: I mean. no. 50 as in years, young man. Young man.
0: Respect no, your elders. I know, right? Wow. But uh, but that's, that's, you know, that's... The cost, I, I think, I don't know if David alluded to this, I think what we're, you know, really getting a big crash course on is just um, how much we are the machine when it comes to, you know, uh, doing our own property because it's very easy to just hand it off to a Marvel or a DC and let them do their thing. But here, it's more... Um, where are the ones that have to do all that leg work? So it can be very taxing and, and, and overwhelming to some degree to uh, to be able to, you know, like even right now, I'm, I'm, I'm doing an interview, but I'm also trying to, you know, adhere to customers. Yes. Right? Yes, yes. Um, and I got to be able to do that balance. We both have to do that. You know, we're doing every interview that comes along. We're doing, um, you know, uh, special uh, specials on... Merchandise, You know, all kinds of stuff that, you know, all before the big two would just, you know, you just hand it to those guys and they'll do the rest. The The, the other side of that, though, is they'll do all those things that we don't see anything from it. You know, yep. this right yep. here all goes to us, which okay. is why we wanted to uh, really invest in uh, the company Emmys because we, you know, we felt like we had... Um, a pretty, pretty grand opportunity to really create our 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 universe, world, brand, whatever you want to call it. That's something that we really wanted to do. So, you know, we're we're excited. We're exhausted, but we're excited. So,
1: so I see you have merchandise here, like shirts. Yeah. If somebody cannot make it down here, how can they get a shirt? Um, pray about it. <laughs>
0: And um, you'll see what happens. I mean, well, <laughs> they also, say prayer works. They say prayer works. You know, if you're if you're into it, if you're a praying person, or well, whatever, you know, hope for the best, fingers crossed, whatever you want to do. But I think the uh, the biggest thing is um, we're going to have an online store okay. at some point, um, probably about uh, about a month after the con. Once we kind of get settled and get the book out and the series going then we could um, uh you know we can uh start going you know doing stuff online okay okay that's that's
1: cool that's great yeah um Okay, so um, I'm going to wrap this up by saying, you know, just state your name
0: and where people can find you on social media. Um, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Sanford Green. okay, awesome. We'll get we'll
1: get uh, David Walker in a minute. Um, he is uh, talking to a customer. In the meantime, we can do
0: like the uh, what does he call it? The uh, the interlude music. Interlude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Like I said, He's going to he's going to edit all this all out. Yeah, so,
0: yeah, you know,
1: he's probably going to laugh about it when he hears yeah. it. Some of this right here you, you know, you, you do it the, <laughs> this the right B-roll. way. Yeah, it's the yeah, B-roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, we're we're making something a lot of work gets, for you, Marcus. Song and <laughs> Okay, so if you could where just can tell you me find you at? Where where can we find you uh, at on social media?
2: Uh, social media is davidwalker1201. That's that's Twitter @davidwalker1201 uh and davidfwalker.com is my
0: website. Also, uh, Bitter Roots uh, can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Yeah, but so I don't I remember exactly what it is. At, at, at
2: bitterroot, I think.
0: Right. I think it's I bet, at. I think I it's, think. it's at
2: bitterroot twenty eighteen.
0: I think is. Uh, is it twenty eighteen? Yeah. And she said yes. So yeah, okay. she's. Okay. Okay. She controls everything for us. Yeah. <laughs> Or at least she. You, she you she wants yeah, to. She is, wants right? to. Yeah. She wants to come work. Oh, I'm really okay. Awesome. <laughs> oh, no, You can get. You can get some nice. Uh, what we call it, testimonials. Yeah, you testimonials. T-
1: testimonials. Okay. And you get a, a few, few of those get, from yeah. fans. When we post this, we'll have all the information. you. Exactly. Awesome. So, awesome. yeah, you can always reach out to me too. I. I, I can get to via emails. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Exactly. Okay. okay. So uh, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, good luck with the conference yeah, or the thank con and. Um, I definitely will be back to get a shirt Sure they, this, is, this looks hot Alright, Marcus, we're going to end there yeah. One, two, one, two, what's up? This is Anthony Otero, a.k.a. Latin Negro Representing Black Comics Chat And with me, I have the fabulous Desiree Rodriguez from Lion Forge um, And we're going to just, you know, we're going to chop it up We're going to talk a little bit How are you doing?
3: I am doing so well. Thank you for asking.
1: <laughs> we were just talking about how they're pumping up the AC here at the Jacob Javits Center. It's kind of crazy, but you know we'll get through it.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm from a warmer climate, so I'm not used to all this cold. But I, I got a sweater on, so I'm a, I'm gonna live. I'm be okay?
1: <laughs> awesome. So let's go. Let's get right into it. Um, there's been a lot of changes in Lion Forge. Um, congratulations. I know that you uh, you received a. Uh, a promotion, so uh, we'll talk about that a little bit, but also Gail Simone has joined the team and I would want to know or I would like to know, how how is it working with Gail? And, and, yeah, just talk about
3: that. She is so sweet um, and she's she's got so many ideas on uh, not just, like, story. She has ideas for marketing, Catalyst Prime books. She has ideas for social media. Um, you know, she has ideas on cover content. And, and she's been just so great to work with because she's so collaborative. And um, she's so encouraging to, like, as a team. Like, she's very much like, this is a team. You know, me and you are a team. Um, you know, because I'm... I, I'm, I'm a little probably overly like I'm a shy Aries. Um, <laughs> I've been told that's an oxymoron, but I don't know astrology. So, but uh, no, she's been she's been great, and and she like yeah, she's just the ideas she has are awesome. Like she has so many cool ideas for the Catalyst Prime universe. Um, and that are, we're gonna probably start implementing next year, uh-huh. and that's super exciting. I can't say anything because I like my job and yep, I like yep. being able to pay off my student loans.
1: <laughs> that's important.
3: Uh, that's important. But it's definitely so. Like the Catalyst Prime Twitter has been kind of like revitalized. Uh-huh. We've been, you know, working on getting that back up. Um, the person that runs it is really great and really cool. Um, I can't tell you because that would ruin the CPU Insider little like, yeah. thing we got going. But we're going to be teasing a lot of stuff in the coming months and next year. So I would definitely follow that. But, yeah, she's been amazing.
1: Awesome. Um, so let's, let's talk about Catalyst Prime. How, how's that going? I know there's a, a lot of different books. I remember when we first started, when you first started. Um, it started out with one, and then it, got, it kind of exploded, and now it's this, this thing uh, and, and talk about a little bit about how that's how that's really going
3: um jeez uh it's it's been a blast like there's ups and downs as there is for any any creative pursuit that you do like mm-hmm. you know so there have been days where i've been off work and I just grab a cat and i'm like, I need a rest you're gonna come rest with me you know you're my you're my care animal right now they don't like it, but <laughs> right. that's okay. I feed them uh-huh. um you know but it's it's been great like the books that we have are going to go in some really cool directions. Um, I like that we're moving and expanding books into other imprints at Lion Forge. Um, okay. One of the big goals at Lion Forge is having imprints that. Are directed at uh, at age groups, like developmental age groups. So it's not just like here are all ages comics and then here are adult comics. Because um, all ages, what does that mean, really? Um, you know, is all ages going to be like a picture book for a young kid, you know, for like a baby, or is it going to be like something for teens? Like, what is all ages? So we've broken it down um, into four imprints. We have Cubhouse, Caracal, Roar, and Lion Forge. And two books are going into Aurora Line, which is more of that older teen YA market. Um, and those are Superb, which is written by David Walker. Yes, yes. Which I love working with David, he's so sweet. Um, and and he's always teasing. He's always like, "No, I won't mess with you." He's like a Puerto Rican girl from Jersey. I know what's up. Yep. Um, yep. And then Quinn Credible is going to come out in November, and that's written by Rodney Barnes. Okay. Um, he did writing for Runaways, the Hulu series Runaways. So, yeah. and then Jasmine Amiri is the editor on both those titles. So, and she's great to work with. I love working with Jasmine. Um, Yo, she's she's got this like like perkiness to her, but it's like a like a calm perkiness, yeah. which sounds yeah. like an oxymoron. But I, I love her. So, but um, but those are two titles that are going to be more like YA focus, like that older teen teen focus story. So a lot more stuff about relationships, and uh, there's going to be some romance. Mm-hmm. And um, Quinn Credible is kind of like like Western shonen inspired. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's cool, and I like that we have those books. And we're gonna be expanding books into, like, Caracol is like middle grade. Um, and then Cup House is, is like the younger. So we're gonna be expanding Catalyst Prime books into, like, Caracol, too. Okay. So that way, kids, when they read these books, can grow up with these books as they age out and out, you know? So it's probably one of the things, like, I like most about the Catalyst Prime universe, and as we get bigger and bolder, so to speak.
1: Well, that's awesome. Um, one of the things that I, I admire about you is that you've been able to really show us the process of, of not of, of editing and I know that you've helped me personally when it comes to uh, Puerto Rico Strong. Um, what is it like now that you're sort of seasoned and um, you're I don't know how many years in the game right now um, but what is it like to now work with sort of these upper echelon writers which has got to be amazing.
3: Um. Think of myself as like a baby editor, um not just because of my height. Um so for listeners like you guys can't see me, but I'm like four ten. So (laughs) a mighty four (laughs) ten. Like like a small chihuahua. Um I I know that there's lots of things I have to learn still, but I've been in the game for about two years, um going on probably three, and it's it's been it's been really great. What I always try to do is I always try to learn from the editors around me. So you know, when I worked under Joe Elitch, I learned so much, and I have nothing but respect for him. Um, and, uh, you know, working with Jasmine Amiri, like she has tons of experience, especially at Boom. Um, I work with Greg Trombello. He has a ton of experience at Legendary, so he's taught me a lot. Um, and Andrea Colvin, who is our editor, editor-in-chief, I mean, she's so welcoming, and she's so easy to talk to about things, and so working with those have really helped me become a more well-rounded editor, um, and then doing a lot of research on my own, like, how do colors work, so I can better <laughs> better look at colors and help the colorists, like, understand why I want to tweak this page, or, you know, should we tweak this page, like, so, because I want to be a good editor for, like, the entire creative team, okay. so... But um, no, it's it's been it's been great and I, I love it and you know I'm just I'm really I'm just really blessed. Like I'm so lucky.
1: So I remember the first time um, seeing your name in print under like an editor. How did that make you feel?
3: Uh I took a picture and I sent it to Mimamita <laughs> and she doesn't get comics, she doesn't, right. she knows Wonder Woman. Right, um, right. and that's basically it. And she watched Logan. Okay uh, and she cried. <laughs> She didn't know. First, we ever watched the character, and she still cried. She was like, oh, "I love the little girl with her Spanish," but then she then he died. And, um, <laughs> but I sent it to her, and she she was so happy, and she like was like, "Chifa, I'm so proud of you." And it was such a validating moment because um, you know, and, and like like well, I grew up, you know, with a very strict like Spanish father, and. He always just wanted us to go into careers that were stable. Yeah. Um, So originally, I was I was going to go into teaching. I was going to go into education, but I did that for three years and I I couldn't handle it. Um, It's hard. I love the kids, but the bureaucracy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I did. I just kind of planned to stick it out um, and just do comic journalism, you know, on the side. Um, And then I got you know the offer from Joe and I moved to Florida. you know and I just was like let me dive into it let me fully commit to this you know why can't I do it right right. so that was that was a big change for me like actually just kind of saying like I want to do this I don't know how I'm gonna make it but I'm gonna do it and that mindset really changed you know how I looked at like myself and my career and 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 yeah like I think that was like I mean when when Joe offered me the job I was still like you ain't talking to me (laughs) you playing me Joe it's not April Fool's (laughs) so but um yeah you know it's just I always try to stay really humble um I always try to like you know tell myself like you got a lot to learn still um but I also am like yo I'm the editor like fix this character I'm just saying Nice. nice
1: nice nice Well, thank you uh, for carving out time to talk to me. Of course. Um, For anybody here... I'm sorry. I
3: love Black Comics chat. I love... (laughs) Like, you guys are awesome. I've been such a fan for so long. I think you guys are dope as fuck. Like, I don't know if I can curse on this. I'm sorry. Um, Edit that out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure we can. Or maybe there'll be a nice bleep. (laughs) Um, But yes, thank you. Of course, I've been a big fan of yours since, you know, you've been really... On the Twitters, doing all the hashtags and, and making people realize that representation matters.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: so thank you for that. And, I, and I'm so glad that you interviewed, you're, you're here being interviewed. Um, all right. So for those listening, please stop by the uh, Lion Forge booth. Uh, this is an amazing booth. Um, they have all the books. You might want to pick up Puerto Rico Strong if you haven't. Um, they've got some posters. And uh, I think that's it. Thank you so
3: much. Of course. Thank you so much.
1: 1212, what's up? This is Anthony Otero, a.k.a. Latin Negro, representing Black Comics Chat. I'm here at New York Comic Con with my man. We just had a great conversation. Um, We're going to talk about Unstoppable Comics, but before I introduce this person, I just want him to basically tell you who he is, and we're going to go from there. So tell me your name and the company that you have sort of representing, created... My name is J.D. Rosario and
4: I have been self-publishing under the imprint Unstoppable Comics for the last 10 years
1: out of Brooklyn, New York. Awesome, awesome. So where did you come up with the name Unstoppable and what what makes you so unique?
4: Um, Unstoppable because we are the little engine that could. Not because we are the force that can break down any walls. No, we're we're the little group that... Even though we hit speed bumps, you know, we're going to keep going. We have been going, like I said, for 10 years, but it hasn't been 10 years of, of positive momentum. Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of setbacks, but they've been setbacks that we needed to overcome to get to this place.
1: Awesome, so what is your role here? Uh, are you the artist? Are you the writer, and how many books are we looking at? I am the writer
4: and the people that the guy excuse me that tries to find the artists who are crazy enough to work with me <laughs> <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and um, what should we call it? We try to push through and find new ways to present a, a, a role for People who are looking for themselves in comic books.
1: That's, that's dope. Um, over over the ten years, how many how many books do you think you've put out? About five different
4: titles, um, but not consecutive. You know, okay. I mean, we're an independent imprint who has not had a rich uncle or a big conglomerate backing right, them. Right. So the money that's come to put together um, new installments has come from the people who have purchased from us in the past. So it takes us a while to put together that little nest egg to make sure that everybody who's working on the book gets paid properly.
1: Okay, So it sounds like you started before the whole Kickstarter crowdfunding thing. Um, is that something that you're interested in doing now? Have you been doing that? I have been.
4: I have run at least 10 Kickstarters. Awesome. Um, not all of them have been successful, but about maybe 80% of them have been. But yeah, we started before the Kickstarter craze. We started back in 2008. And I don't know if Kickstarter had been accepted um, back then. Mm-hmm. I actually heard about it one time. In an article written in the new york times Mm -hmm. but it was for um people who wanted to put together movies and i never thought about doing comic books on that and i heard people doing it and i figured let me dip my toe into the waters and it actually has been the shot of energy that we needed Mm
1: -hmm. nice nice um so is there any one main character like if i wanted to step into this world who would I start with? What book would I look at? Well, I mean, from, uh, from a Puerto Rican's
4: perspective, <laughs> I would have liked to say that the uh, the hero Star Striker, uh-huh. who is based on Tiny New Indian mythology, uh-huh. would have been the place to go. And I'm, oh, you would think that's it. But it's actually, there's one title that we have called Shield of the Interceptor. Uh-huh. Um, it is a character based in Arthurian mythology um, with a little hint to some of the Captain America stuff that came before it. I'm not going to say that the books that popped up in the 80s and the 90s were things I didn't read. I devoured them. Mm-hmm. Captain America was one of my greatest heroes, but he didn't look like me. He didn't look like my friends. He didn't look like my family, my neighbors, anybody um, that I even went to school with. But there was a point when he gave up the shield and it introduced two new characters. John Walker yep. took over Captain America and this character named... Um, Lamar Hopkins, mm-hmm. right, became Battlestar, and that was the closest I was ever going to get to a Puerto Rican, you know, <laughs> wearing the red, white, and blue. Right. So right. I would um, gravitate towards him more than anything, and that became the interception for my character, Shield, the interceptor. Right. Captain America is a is a white guy based on the states, and his shield his origin comes from science. Whereas Shield, of the interceptor, is a man of color based in the UK. And the nature of his origins of the S.H.I.E.L.D. is based in magic. And that's where it ties into um, the Sword Excalibur and Arthurian mythology. Oh,
1: nice, nice. So, being that you're you're the writer, can you uh, talk a little bit about your writing style?
4: Um, Wow, I am not trained in any (laughs) professional way at all. I am somebody who was stupid enough to think that I can do what the professionals did. I was somebody who dreamed on the train on his way home from work. I was somebody who would dream when the rain was falling outside his window and I couldn't go outside to play. Right? And I figured there was a point where if I had an idea for something there would be other people who would be probably interested in those same ideas. Right, right. Not trying to reinvent the wheel at all. It comes from the foundation of this would be a cool idea, Uh right? Uh And finding out how to build a three-act
1: structure around that. That, That's awesome. That's awesome. So... what are you selling here at Comic-Con? Oh, man, we're selling our graphic novels,
4: which are collected issues from books that we have no longer in print. We are selling our superhero shared universe. Uh-huh. uh And we're selling a little bit of that zombie pie that everybody's trying to take a piece of.
1: Oh, <laughs> Wow, okay So explain that Like uh, when you were Creating the zombie books Are they based on The characters That you already have Or is it a Completely different story No,
4: that, that appeals to The bias of the New Yorker In me <laughs> Right Who says zombies Should just belong In Atlanta Right I'm right, a New Yorker right, right, right And people have always said Oh, well, you know what uh, Zombies hit the, the city And that's it It's over for us No, 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 no With our story The first thing the New Yorkers do is they blow the bridges and they flood the tunnels. Damn right. Okay? Nothing is coming in. It takes them 15 years to clean out the city. Wow. But once they do, they start to let survivors in. Now, I will never say I'm smart enough to think of any underlying messages Uh at all, right? But how they treat these people that are coming in plays a lot to those xenophobic headlines, those anti-immigrant headlines that are happening today. And it's scary how... That was in my subconscious and just permeated into the story that I was writing. But when you look at every great zombie story, right, whether it's a book or a movie, like the first Dawn of the Dawn of the Dead, yep. right, it was segregation was the underlying theme of that, right. Yeah. The second one, where they were based in the mall, uh-huh. that was our tie to materialistic things, right. Yeah. So there's there's something that affects us as humans. It, as Americans, uh, right? Forget it. As New Yorkers, and um, and I hopefully played up on that with that little bit of zombie window dressing around it.
1: <laughs> nice. Uh, we're getting pictures taken here as we as we uh, uh, do this. So hey. hey. <laughs> um, so uh, you mentioned, you know, you have Puerto Rican characters. I do. Um, is there uh, any future writings that are going to reflect? how this administration sort of has been treating Puerto, Puerto Rico in itself? Mm. Wow! That is a
4: heavy question. Yeah. And, I, and I would like to say yes, but I don't think I'm smart enough to handle a topic like that.
1: I, I think you could. I um, think it, you could do a 15 year of zombie story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, aside from that...
4: My th- my my work is escapism. There's enough yep. there's enough drama and you're there's enough the right. weight on yeah. the soul, uh-huh. right? In in everyday society. So when you're picking up some of my stuff, it's it's already there. It's already there, but it's more trying to get you away from right. whatever's happening out here for a few minutes while you're reading the book, Understood. while you reflect on it, or while you talk to other people about it.
1: Understand. So. Um you talked about artists, um, that you get artists to work with you. So is there one particular artist that, that's been working the longest with you, or is it you kind of just switch out artists as you can...
4: Um, originally, I would switch out artists the way you switch out socks. But for the last few years, I've had a few people that have been consistent and have been believing in Unstoppable Comics, um, maybe even more than I do. And that is scary because I don't know how... Um, to handle that, right? <laughs> but I've got, I've got Russ Leach, who has been uh, working with us in our main tunnel, the Storm Chasers. Uh-huh. And Russ is somebody who has worked on, you know, Doctor Who comic books. And that's uh-huh. a property, you know, that, that's Star Wars level for yeah. me. And that's uh-huh. something that if he is finding time to work on unstoppable comic stuff while he's mixing in his Doctor Who work, that's,
1: That's, that
4: says a lot. You know, that believes in us. And, um, you know, I've got two gentlemen who are coming out of Columbia to be here and, and represent not just their work, but their country here in, in the States with the stuff they've done here from Istanbul yep. Comics. And I've got, I want to say local, because um, but they're not. I, we're basically in New York, but i got a, a, a guy who works with me out of Boston and another guy who works out of um, Florida with me, so that's as local as I could say when I'm dealing with international freelancers.
1: Nice. So it sounds like you sort of do a lot of uh, either email work or something like that where you send out the scripts, they draw it, send it to you.
4: Definitely a lot of email work, but in today's society, that's the best way to do it, you know? If I can step aside from the creative and talk about business for a second. with, with the web, the internet, I don't know what people are calling it today. <laughs> it was introduced to me as the web, uh-huh. right? But you don't need to have a, a, a brick-and-mortar base of operations mm-hmm. to deal with people, even to sell your own product, you know? As long as you got a core of people who are constantly producing with you and that you're always in contact with, that's all you need today.
1: That's, that's awesome. Okay, so... Uh, are you on social media? And if so, where can we find you? Okay. Uh, first of all, you can find us at unstoppablecomics.com. Mm-hmm. After
4: that, it is on Facebook with Unstoppable Comics, on Instagram with Unstoppable Comics, and on Twitter at unstoppablecom, because 15 letters aren't enough. <laughs> <laughs> it has been great talking to you. Thank, Hi, you, for, thank for you so carving, much carving for time. stopping by yeah, and yeah. taking your time on this busy
1: day at the Conda. Hang out with me for a little bit. Oh no, this this has been awesome. I enjoyed our conversation. Thanks. Okay, so uh, you heard it here. If you are in the area, please stop by. What's the booth number? Nine thirty-eight. Nine thirty-eight. So uh, have a good one. Thanks a lot. All right, Marcus, we're gonna end here. <laughs>
2: Black Comics Chat.